0: Well, there's one person I've discovered this morning for sure. I knew it already, but I rediscovered it that's not happy because we're here today. And that's the devil himself. He is not happy if you're, because you're sitting here this morning listening, he's not happy. You have made him mad. You have tore his nerves up. And what is he doing? He's speaking to you right now and say, don't pay no attention to that. It'll be over in a little bit, and you can go home and be back like you were. I don't want to leave here like I came, okay? Spiritually. I want to leave in better shape, all right? You take your car to the garage because something's wrong with it. You want to pick it up? You want to pick it up in the same shape that you carried it there in? No. You want to pick it up in better shape. You know, it's amazing. Um, uh, These vehicles today... Uh, they have so many computers and all this stuff in them. And hey, they may crank and they may not crank. I mean, it don't take much for one just to, psh, hey, I'm not going to cooperate. We have all these computers in here this morning. It don't take but one to disrupt an entire service by saying, I'm not going to worship. I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to be a not on the log. I'm going to be mule lip. I don't like what I've heard, don't like what I've seen. And on top of that, a preacher didn't speak to me yet. I'm going to wave at every one of you. I want to shake your hands, okay? The devil's not happy. I want you to understand that before I start this morning. He is not happy with where we are, okay? He throwed the rain excuse at you this morning, but thank God you didn't pay him any attention, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the book of James. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 21. James chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man, every man is tempted when he has, is drawn away of his own lust, of his own enticement. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth, what does it say? Amen. Death. Do not err. Do not stray. My beloved brethren, let every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither is there any shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth, and we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not in the righteousness of God. Wherefore, put away all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness and receive the, with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our very souls." Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd take your holy word today, open up our sorry hearts, speak to our sorry souls. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse our hearts and to hear our prayer and to take your word this morning and turn us wrong side out. Lord, that we might realize and know we're sinners and we are in need of forgiveness. God, I'll thank you and praise you for all you do, for I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Adam was tempted, Noah was tempted, Aaron was tempted, Moses was tempted, Jesus was tempted, Joseph was tempted, David was tempted, Judas was tempted, Peter was tempted, and so am I. You know, we we meet a lot of people through the week, but I've yet not met one who have said, have you been tempted today? Now, I've heard this, I'm tempted to get me another hot dog, you know. I'm tempted to get me another Mountain Dew. But never have I been asked, have you been tempted today? How's temptation running with you today? Are you having any luck with temptation? Hey, let me tell you something. Temptation's coming. If you haven't been tempted already today, get ready because you will be tempted somewhere today. Talks about lusting. Being enticed. You see, few people talk about temptation today in the world. Many believe that the relationships they have is okay. I don't need any adjustment. Someone said when I was uh, preaching in, in through the um, marriage, they said, nothing wrong with my marriage. How you know? Have you asked your partner? How do you know? You see, we think everything is cool. Everything's fine. And we try to act that way in our everyday life. And we go about it saying, well, whatever, whatever. Let it go. It's all right. No, it is not all right. If it displeases God, if it goes against the Word of God, it is S I N. I want to share with you this morning the source and the course of temptation. Because there is a source, and we know that source is the devil. There is a course. If we fall with the source, we will follow a course, according to the Bible, that leads to death. Had Adam and Eve not sinned, and everything had continued like God had laid it out in the garden, then there would be no death today. But there are death. Funeral homes has constantly got bodies in there that have died. The hospital constantly carting people out who have died. Car wrecks, all kind of wrecks are taking people out of this world because of death. The Bible says, sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Now, as we look at the source of temptation, I'm not going to read verses 13 and 14 again, but it says, well, every man is tempted. Now, it's no use you say, I've never been tempted. Hey, there's something wrong. The lost are tempted the saved or tempted many people blame god for their own sin well if he wasn't if he was such a good god he wouldn't have allowed this some people blame satan for their own sin some people blame the circumstances that they find themselves in they blame that on sin do you know what you and i are to blame for our sin We can't blame anybody else. We know that God said, Adam, he said, whoa, ho! that woman you gave me. And then he went to Eve, oh, no, I'm sorry, hey, the serpent beguiled me, tricked me. You see, it was just passing the book. That's what we tend to do today. Listen, we're the ones that's got to answer for our sin. I can't blame you at all for any of my wrongdoings. Any of my wrong thoughts, any of my wrong choice of words, I am the blame. And the source is the devil himself. You know, I just, I just wish people, including the pastor, would just do right all the time. I mean, just do right all the time. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to his house. All the time. Now, don't get too upset here, okay? If you're working, hey, God understands. The Bible says, if a man don't work, he shall not eat. I like to eat, so I work. Okay? If you have to work on Sunday, hey, your job calls for you to work on Sunday, okay. But don't use that if the man says, hey, now you don't have to work tomorrow if you just want to. Well, I want to. I need the money. Well, where is God? I was talking to a man this week that I've been building a relationship with for probably, I don't know, two or three years. He said, Kenny, let me tell you where my life has been. He said it was work, 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 family, and God. But he said a pastor invited me to the Easter service at his church. He said I hadn't been in church in 35 years. He said nothing mattered to me but my job. He said my wife left me. Nothing mattered to me but my job, making good money. But he said, when I walked in that church, said something happened. The bottom line was he got saved. I mean, you're talking about a change. The place where he worked, people are saying, hey, what's happened? You're different. He's got his wife back. He's still got his job, but God is up here now. He said, I told the people I work for, he said, you can let me go or you can keep me, but I'm not going to work on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. He said, but I will give you 12 hours Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but Friday I must spend with my family and Sunday with my God. I'm mean, this man's 50 plus years old. You and I can't blame anybody except ourselves. We make the choices in this life. Let's look at this source. An eternal. Excuse me. An internal source. Uh, verse 14. Every man is tempted. We are tempted. The Bible says when we're drawn away. Okay. You know what attracts people at night? One word. If somebody can shout it out. One word attracts people at night. Lights. Lights, all different colored lights, flashing lights, caution lights. I mean, hey, it attracts us. We want to stop, and we want to slow down and see what all the lights are about. I remember as just a child when the Anderson Fair would come to town. We lived about probably 11 miles out in Pierce Town off of Highway 81, and the sky would be filled with these lights. I mean, here they are. I'm thinking, man, I'd love to know where those are coming from. Boy, I wish I had a light like that. I'd get my flashlight on a dark night, and I'd go out, and I'd shine it up in the air. I couldn't even tell where it was going. I thought, Lord, I would love to see those lights. Well, it wasn't long. My daddy said, we're going to the fair. All right. I couldn't wait. We went to the fire, and there they were. These things must have been six foot in diameter, and they just were rotating around everywhere, great, massive. And I just, that's what took me. I just, man, I was just back and forth and looking at these lights. They were magnificent. And man, I love to have a light like that. I'm shining at the moon because they told me there's a man in the moon. Well, I lived to see the man go on the moon, didn't you? Some of you did. Some of you say, no, that didn't happen. They landed out there in Arizona. Said, I saw the tracks they made around out there. The man was telling the truth. He said, that's the way I feel about it. Each one of us is tempted of his own evil desires. You see, when the desire becomes internal, It attaches itself to an evil object that draws us from the place of security to a place where we have gotten into and we don't feel secure anymore. And we wonder, how can I get back to where I was? How can I get back? Well, temptation is personal. It's personal. When there is no evil desire... Then there's no temptation no evil desire no evil temptation some folks keep wanting me to get these what do you cell phone you just my thumb's already hurt and I don't need something I got to constantly set around you know you ride around with people or you see people most of them's got their cell phone out you talk to them and say uh-huh yeah uh-huh yeah uh-huh I'm just to put you out on the side of the road. Is that okay? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. They <laughs> don't even have a clue what you're saying. Well, hey, I, now, those of you who would have them, you know, I rely on you if I need something. Hey, can you pull this up on such and such thing? But I'm going to stick with the flipper. As long as they make the flipper, I'm going to have a flipper. The thing went to the bad lens. I, she said, I said, please go by there. And asked the man, can I get another flip phone or how long is these things going to be in operation? And he told her, said, Ma'am, tell him the flip phone is probably here to stay. You don't fret. Thank goodness. I'm thinking, maybe I ought to buy two or three on out there just to have them when this one quits. I got another one. <laughs> simple. Let me tell you something sin is simple. The devil makes it easy, the, ma- the devil fixes it to where, hey, it's enticing. It'll draw us, it'll cause us to lust after it. Whether it be lights, it draws us. Or whether it does not be lights, it draws us. But something, and it's the devil's power that draws us to a point that we sin. Now, the Bible says if I say I have not sinned, I make God out to be a liar and the truth is not in me. So, yes, I am a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And every morning I ask God to forgive me of my sins during the day. If a thought comes, if an angry moment, Lord, forgive me of that. Say, how many times can you do that as many times as necessary to stay right with God? I got a radio in the shop. I don't know what's wrong with it. I can put it on that uh, Christian station in Anderson. I can tune it in perfect. Now, you listen. I can tune it in perfect. Hey, next day or two, it's half on and half off. I tune it in again. So the other day, I got tired of it going off, so I just started rolling it. Got on down there, and there was some of the 50s and the 60s music. I said, hey, I can live with that. I dialed her in there. Three or four days later, it's as clear as a crystal. It's still working perfect. I'm thinking, the devil don't want me listening to Christian music. i put it back over anyhow. You see, he uses little bitty things to distract us and to draw us into something we wish we hadn't. Listen, he'll take you places you didn't want to go. He'll cause you to spend more than you intended on spending. And he'll cause you to stay longer than you intended on staying. It's amazing to me if we aren't careful what we could get into. That that internal source. But what about the external force? The Bible says he is dragged away and enticed, tricked and tripped. And then we find ourselves in a mess. You say, well, how do we get out of this? You see, the external force is deception. Eve was deceived. God said, now this tree right here is is beautiful. It's everything you're ever going to need, but don't touch it. Don't mess with it because I have put out enough other trees and fruit for you to eat. And you don't have to fret over it, but leave that one alone. She was deceived by the devil because the devil said, Hey, God knows in the day that you eat of that fruit, your eyes are going to be opened. You're going to see things you hadn't even imagined seeing. And she did. And her eyes were opened. And his eyes were opened. Now get this, I don't know how long they had been in the garden, okay? But they were both naked and didn't bother them. That was natural. It was normal until their eyes were opened. And then the Bible says they sewed fig leaves together to cover up their nakedness. And then God comes and he begins to ask questions. Where are you? Hey, God's asking this morning. So you will ask yourself, where am I? Where am I in this walk of life? I won't say a Christian life. Where am I in my walk of life? Can I look back at the steps that I've taken and say, I wished I hadn't have taken those steps? Where are we in our natural life? You see, sin brings separation. Separation of husband and wife, separation of parents and children, separation from people in church. Sin will bring it about. Sin will bring about insult. You will insult yourself, you will insult your family, you will insult the church, you will insult God. That's what sin will do. Sin will bring about neglect. Well, preacher, I would. I, I, I used to read the Bible every day. But I'm so busy now, I, I, I've occasionally during the week, I, I, might, I get time to pick it up and read a little bit. Neglect. What are we neglecting? We're neglecting a lot of things because of sin. It's enticed us. It's drawn us away. And many of us, we are so busy, we ain't got time to serve the Lord. And we sing that song, serve the Lord with gladness. Scripture says, serve with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Thanksgiving. What do you have to be thankful for today? We've heard a lot of comments since last Sunday about uh, the beautiful cantata and the beautiful building and and the massive crowd that was here. But you know what I was shocked at? Weekly budget received, $5,597. I don't guess that's a misprint. With 277 people here last Sunday? No, and they're not all were members here. They were not all, uh, you know, some were guests. Maybe they give to their own place. Where were we? Sometime we're drawn, we're enticed. And we rob God. Not only the source of our temptation, and we know the source is the devil. But let's look at the course of temptation. Verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. Well, temptation is like a weed, okay? And by the way, if you've got your garden broke up and done got your seeds in, maybe you've got plants up. Guess what? It's too wet to get in there right now, but there's something going on there. The weeds. You better believe the weeds. Are coming up. Sometimes you look out there, whoa man, the garden looks good, don't it? It all looks good, green, luscious. So when it gets when you get in there, you find out some of that green luscious is not luscious. It's green, but it's weeds. Weeds that grow unchecked will destroy. They will choke out a plant. They will take and suck up the nutrients out of the soil where the plants are supposed to get it, they get it. And so the plant goes without. What happens to the plant? It begins to wilt. You think, well, what is wrong? You've got to weed the thing, get the weeds out. You see, a weed, listen to this. A weed has three parts. You've got the root, you've got the shoot, and you got the fruit. Hello? What's the roots for? Not only do the roots support the plant, stability-wise, but they feed that plant, the roots. You see, what is roots in our life? Selfish desire. I don't care what he says or what they say. I'm going to do what I want to. I work hard for my money, and I will give it and spend it where I want to. It's mine. And God says, you thief. You're robbing me. Well, that's the root. It's selfish desire. How about the shoot? It is a sinful decision. You see, weeds don't care where they grow. It's amazing to me as we turn off a 182 down yonder and go down Earl's Grove Road a little piece and turn right on Smith Dairy. Grass is growing up through the asphalt. I, don't, I didn't see any tomato plants. I didn't see any cucumber vines. I <laughs> didn't see any squash vine, But it's seed grass. I mean, it's just coming up through the pavement. Roots have supplied. And the shoot is coming up and going to take over. Then how about the fruit? The fruit is sure defeat. Sure defeat. You can begin to walk through, and a lot of times we'll jump like that and look back because a briar has sprung up. And it's just like a briar sitting, yonder he comes, just wait till he gets right here. We're gonna latch on to them britches, and the more he pulls, the more we're gonna dig in. Satan is the same way. He's got his traps, he knows his tricks, he's got his hooks, and he's waiting on you or me to drop by and he's going to reach out and entice us and draw us and pull us away from serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing to me the excuses people use for not serving the Lord. For not being in his house. You listen, there's only way only one way to deal with the root and that is turn our selfish desires over to Jesus. Because the Bible says he knows what our needs are. And he alone will extract the decay that's in our lives and help us to overcome the temptation. There is a way to escape and that's through Jesus But the Bible also says there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction, sin, and death. You see, we need to be serviceable. We need to be sensible. And this is what a lot of us don't like. Us, I said, we don't want to be shapeable. I am what I am. You get what you get when you get me. I'm not planning on changing well, check up with God. He may not be happy with the way you and I are. He may not be happy with the form in which we're living. Verses 16 through 19, we see the, the conquest temptation. Do not err, my brethren. Or do not stray, do not be tricked into something. And then verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. That is God. It cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God gives gifts to everybody. You say, well, I haven't gotten one lately. Take a deep breath. Where did that come from? I ain't hooked up to no machine. God gives us the very breath of life. If you be real quiet, put your hand over there, there you might pick up and hear your heart beating. What's making it beat? God is. God's making it beat. And when he gets ready for it to stop, I don't care who the doctor, the nurse is, the facility, it's going to stop and it's going to be over. And the question is, where will you be? Where will I be? You see, Jesus is our life preserver. Now, our D and our boys—they know they're, they enforce the law. You got to have life jackets. If you don't have them, you're breaking the law, and you will pay. What's I need a life jacket for? I can swim. So can the devil. What I need a life jacket for? Just in case. I'll ask you a question. If you're like me, you really can't answer it. When is the last time you checked your spare tire to see if it's got air in it? One of the most embarrassing things is to have a flat on the side of the road, somebody stops to help, and you get all the equipment out, and you get her jacked up and get the flat off and get your spare and throw it on there, tighten her up, and let it down. Oh, well, what good is a spare if it's flat? What good is a life jacket if you can't get to it? Jesus is our life preserver, and he stands willing and ready to take you and I in. When we call upon him, he's not going to knock your door down. He may cause a circumstance to happen, and you accept him, but he's not going to just literally come up and knock you down and say, Okay, I'm ready for you to be saved. Although he did to Paul, which was Saul, he, he struck him down with a bright light, but Paul had a decision. He didn't have to go that way. He was blinded. Hey, He had a flat tire. He couldn't go any further, so he called on the Lord. Don't wait. Somebody told me this years ago. Don't wait for God to come hoe your robe before you get it clean yourself. Get your act together. Accept the Lord Jesus and then let him get out the weeds that he wants to pull out. Okay? Listen. All of us got weeds. I don't care how high and mighty you might feel like you are. All of us have weeds in our life that need to be plucked out. It's not enough to walk through the garden and just pull the weeds up and drop them down. Because guess what? If a little dirt's still on there, that's all they need. I'll make it a habit when I pull them up, I hit it four or five times against my boots, get all the dirt off, and then toss it out there with the root's upside down, where they'll wither and rot and die. It's not enough just to say, Lord, I'm so sorry for my sins, but I'm headed right back down there again. That's not good. That's not good. God will help us get through these terrible times, these sinful times. Last of all, uh, the, in verses 20 and 21, the conquering of temptation. How are we going to get through this? If, if, uh, you know, if, we've, if we have dealt with the source, the devil, and we have run the, uh, the course, how are we going to conquer all of this stuff? Verse 20 and 21, look what it says. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, put away all filthiness. Where's filthiness? Well, it's on the radio, it's on in the magazines, it's in papers, uh, it's on computers, it's on TV, it's on cell phones. I mean, you can pull up. I see. You can pull up anything you want. It's just like if I had a radio sitting right here and plugged it up and started dialing. Hey, you can get back anything you want. Where is it? It's in the air. All you got to do is have a receiver. Sin is in the air. We are the receiver. We don't have to, but we do. And so he says there, Wherefore, put away all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness and receive with meekness, with joy, with gladness, the engrafted Word of God, implanted Word of God. You know, I've tried this. You know, you buy the tomato plant. Somebody says you need to just about bury it, just leave a little sticking out, which I've tried that, it works, but I've awful tried. All those little bitty things on there, pull them off, put them in some good soil, keep them watered, guess what, they'll root, they'll become another tomato plant, The engrafted Word of God. God wants the Word to be engrafted in your hearts and your minds, in my heart, in my mind, so that when temptation comes, we can say no. Remember the slogan many years ago? Just say no to drugs. Well, I'll say this. Say no to sex outside of marriage. Say no to drinking. It's wrong in any form you do it. Hello? Hello? Y'all sure are quiet. You either agreeing or disagreeing or can't wait to get to the bar. Hello? You know what helps a preacher sometimes? You let him know you're listening. <laughs> shake your head. You know, hey, shake your head, First Baptist Church. You know, some of them sleep, some of them agreeing. You know, hey, I'm. I'd be one of those, it's asleep, you know, jumping up and down. (laughs) The source, listen, to get out from under this, is the Holy Spirit of God. He is the third person. He is not an it. He is the third person. He's the source, and the course of that is to follow his leading. You say, well, I don't know where he's going to take me. Neither did Abraham. Hey, I'm going to show you. Son, get your stuff together, get all your youngins, get all your belongings, get all your herds. we headed out. Where are we going, Lord? You don't need to know. All you need to do is just walk. I'll show you how to get where you. I want you to be. You will be there on time. You will be there on time. We see the Holy Spirit of God is present in our life if we're saved, okay? He is present in our life. He is the power whereby we can overcome temptation. You can't do it by yourself. Forget it. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We as Christians, we should quote, we should memorize, and we should verbalize, and we ought to put it into practice, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well... I have probably said this before, but I've heard other people say, well, preacher, I'm just doing the best I can. That is not enough. Let God take over and you'll do more than what you can. You know, I think sometimes, how can I get this thing over here when it's heavier than I can lift? Only by God will you be able to do it. How can I get rid of all these burdens that's burdened me down? Because preacher, you don't have a clue what I'm facing tomorrow. You don't have a clue what I'm feeling right now. Listen, we sing a song, shackled by a heavy burden, neath the load of guilt and shame. Well, if we allow God to take over them, That song simply says, then the hand of Jesus touched me. Let me tell you something. You'll never, I'll never get rid of anything in my life. It's not supposed to be until the Lord Jesus touches our soul. Hello? We have to allow him to touch our soul. The Bible says, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open up his heart's door, I will come in and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. This life is soon to be over. When you and I are stretched out in that box, where will our soul be? Well, as I said, that song says, In the hand of Jesus touch me, and now I am no longer the same. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to do to you what needs to be done and to me. Allow him. I used to do mechanic work. I don't a lot now. I still do when I have to. But I used to look at a nut or a bolt, and hey, I didn't have to second guess it. I knew exactly what size it was. I went to the toolbox, got that wrench, come back. Now I go and I look. I go to the toolbox and get four or five wrenches, keep them out and make another trip. (laughs) <laughs> I worked for the Volkswagen place in Anderson. I knew from from uh, 6 millimeter all the way to 19 millimeter on Volkswagens what wrench I needed. Now, take that handful again, you know, and here we go. But God says, hey, you, you put your life in, in my hands and you will become, listen, you will become an adjustable wrench. Take that big guy with you because it don't matter what size it is, you just dial it in and go to work on it. And that's the way God wants you and I to be, an adjustable wrench, a doormat Christian. Someone who says, God, here I am, use me. Isaiah was so convicted by the Holy Spirit of God, he said, here I am, send me. Hallelujah. My goodness, I- I'm so glad that God called me, y'all. Whether I'm in account or not, I know for a fact he called me. What you going to do with all those burdens that you're shackled and burdened down with? I tell you what you need to do this morning. Don't go home and say, well, I'm going to go home, preacher, and think about this. Your soul may be required of you before you get home. If you're shackled by a heavy burden this morning, I don't have to know what it is. You don't even have to come and tell me anything but I'd be at this altar praying that God would lift that burden and I'd do what he wants me to do. Unless we do, we're going to face him one day. And when we face him, the question might be, why should I let you in my heaven? The only way we're going to get in there is to have the Lord Jesus in our heart. I beg you. Don't sit there and let the devil beat you out of eternal life. Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege to call upon you today. Thank you for your love, for your grace, and your mercy. God, I, I, I stand before you right now. You know my heart. You know I make sinful decisions. You know, Lord Jesus, you know I, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I beg you, I ask you, Just to take over, help me to become a better adjustable wrench, Lord. Because I know without you, I'm not going to make it. But I know with you, I'll be there. Lord, I pray that you'd bless our people today. If there's anyone here that needs to be in this altar, God, I pray that you give them the courage to come forward. And I pray if anyone comes, that someone would come to be by their side. In Jesus' name, amen.